But the bottom line in all this is, is to really under, give you a baseline and then help you understand what is your risk. That's the key. So before anybody puts you on a medication, you need to step back. And, and you and I have talked about this many times, but medical illiteracy has never been higher. Hey there, welcome back to another Rest, Eat, Move podcast. It's Matt, and I got the big fella, my father, in studio. And as we're continuing our 21-day eat challenge, there's hundreds of people doing the 21-day eat challenge, a number of different locations inside that 21 days, whether you started at the beginning of the year or this week or you're thinking about doing it to start next week, keep it up. Again, if you give yourself 21 days of eating in the center of the target, I just got off the phone with somebody it's our way to show how the body really can feel and once you have that feeling I, I do believe it creates tremendous momentum dad today we're going to talk about something that you deal with every day I think probably because of your age and your clients and you've been doing this for so long a lot of people come to you and and looking for you to help them navigate the landscape of medicine and doctors and prescriptions. And, and so we're going to talk about how to approach getting your annual physical, what numbers you should be looking for, what questions you should have. So tell the, tell the listeners today, what are we going to talk about? I think you open it up right away is, is it's the beginning of the year. And so with that is everybody needs to have some type of starting point. And again, a big part of that is you know, are you getting an annual physical and looking at your numbers and the list goes on and on. So there's a lot of things. We have a handout called Your Health Keeps Score. Many things have nothing to do. We've talked about this in our podcast. That could be your eyes and your gums and your teeth and your hair and your skin and digestive health, sleep, the list goes on. And then, and then you got your blood work, which gives you that baseline. But the bottom line in all this is, is to really under, give you a baseline and then help you understand what is your risk. That's the key. So before anybody puts you on a medication... You need to step back, and, and you and I have talked about this many times, but medical illiteracy has never been higher. And so if you don't have a little bit more ownership in this space, then you're just going to be stuck of not really knowing and understanding. And then that's where many times I get clients that come in and they're like, they're not quite sure what should they do. Should they take this cholesterol med? Should they take this blood pressure med? This is what they're seeing, but they don't feel like they're getting in the in the, the right direction. So Anyway, that's what I want to talk about today. That's what you want to talk about today. But we want to start out the year and maybe thinking about what are my baseline numbers and understanding what your risk is. So let's, you, you were talking about responsibility. Let's start right there. Let's talk about, oh, okay, as we're, we're trying to get baseline, as we're trying to evaluate risk, what's the team you should assemble around you for, for this baseline? Number one is you want to have a primary care doctor so if you do get in a car accident or you need some type of trauma, you have access. So you want to get a primary care doctor. And, and you and I were talking about this before the podcast started. How do you know if they have the same philosophy? Wouldn't it be interesting if you had a website and you knew the philosophy of the primary care doctor and the, and the, whole, and the whole staffing? So that's the challenge is how do I find that? And many times in this community, people come to me and say, who do I get a hold of? And I... I help help them assemble that team, but that's where we begin. Number two, you want to maybe get some other health professional in your space, whether it's a chiropractor, whether it's a, a, a personal trainer, but somebody in that space, massage therapist, 
physical therapist. So I try to surround myself with a lot of those people that really help me on the preventative side, but it really begins with your primary care doc. Yeah, it's like any sports team. They're going to have multiple different employees or relationships so that they can call on and they have a relationship already before the problem happens. Correct. You know, can you imagine trying to build a relationship when there's a, a problem? You, you want to have that relationship. Yeah, you get in a car accident, you break your leg, you need to have access to the hospital and that's where your primary care doctor comes in. And then it can be there's concierge medicine where you pay out of pocket or you're going on the insurance route. So again- Tele Telemedicine. There's a lot of different ways. Lots of different ways. One thing you didn't mention, but you did talk about, about personal responsibility. Where do you as an individual play on this team? What role should you anybody be playing as a, the individual? The individual consumer, it's not, it's not the responsibility of your healthcare provider to fix broken sleep, fix high blood pressure, fix cholesterol imbalance, fixing all this in a 12-minute office visit. So you have to get in the game. Why did it become or seem that it's their responsibility? When did we bunt responsibility? Oh, I think we've been bunting responsibility for a long time. I'm just going to go see my doctor. My doctor makes house calls. The list goes on, whatever the doctor says. The goal is to understand nobody knows your body better than you. So you're talking about decoding your health. You're talking about the body's always talking back. Teeth, gums, stress, sleep, digestion, energy, muscle, bone, posture, skin, hair, nails. Is nobody there, knows, it, nobody is there anyone that. that's going to tell you any of those things? No, really? I, had a, I was telling you I had a, a consult yesterday with a guy that had severe skin issues, rosacea, the list goes on, and nobody ever, ever talked to him about stress. Nervous system. Nervous system imbalance, gut health. Everybody's giving him medications, whether it's Accutane or the list goes on, but that's not where we begin. So that's really what we've, what I've done a lot in the last few years is help him be the quarterback and help him navigate this space because it's not easy. But as a consumer, we have to start learning more about this. You don't have to know everything, but you have to start asking better questions. You need to go in with a plan and you need to be better, you know, informed and educated if you want a better outcome. So from a team, you want to create this team, this, this diverse team, multiple different lever levels but you got to put yourself as the CEO you got to you got to understand that if you want great outcomes it, it really comes back in your it's your responsibility now you you don't have to do it alone we don't we we talk about that a lot you don't have to cross these bridges alone we got to get in the game and that's what we're going to talk about today getting in the game that's why you're listening is you want to be in the game and we see it so many times where oh, things aren't looking good, numbers aren't right, doctor gave me a couple pass, and by the time we get them most of the time, we got to work backwards. Today we're going to talk about how to play offense versus defense and, and re-trying to create the, the plan after the fact. So I, we do recommend getting an annual physical. It's an amazing ability to have some baseline but there's some information you should know going into that so you can ask better questions. Yeah, so again, we're wanting you to, to create this team. And as you mentioned earlier, you don't have to do this alone. So that's a big part of what we do here at Ontario Living is if you have any questions, reach out to us and we'll say, hey, this is what you need to do. I had a guy that reached out to me from Texas and I talked to him on the phone and I said, he's trying to find a doctor down in, down in Texas, down in Austin. 
And I said, here's the questions you need to ask your doctor when you go in. And so instead of getting him trying to get a new doctor, I said, do you like your doctor? He said, I do, but I don't know if the doctor has the same philosophy. Then you need to ask these questions. Sure. So when I gave him these questions to ask, he felt very comfortable. And I said, you, you want to ask the doctor that you're, you're trying to create a team here. It's not a one-way street. It's a team. And so when you're asking these questions, if the doctor's going sideways with these questions, then you probably don't have the right team. And then again, from the doctor's point of view, you have to be compliant enough to do what you're supposed to do because that's where the doctors get nervous that if you have high blood pressure and you're not going to do the right stuff, then, then you're probably going to be medicated. So that's really the key in this conversation today is, is really create, trying to create a team, but really start taking ownership in your own personal health. So I'm 37. It's been a struggle to find a doctor to get a physical that I believe really is providing value. I, I tell the story, I've told it. My last physical, I didn't have to take off my shoes or my shirt. I mean, I could have done my vitals, heart rate, blood pressure. There's machines that I could buy off Amazon to do all those things. So it's a, that's. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't have the answer, but the, it is a challenge. One in four millennials hasn't seen a, a doctor for physical in five years. It's probably higher than that, honestly. But your generation, it was part of the routine, get annual physical. You're probably in some network, and so you have these doctors. Today, let's focus on what are the questions we should ask once we get there, and potentially how often should we be getting an annual physical? I know it's called annual physical, but you probably don't need an annual physical maybe in your 30s. You could. Maybe it's every couple years. Or maybe if you're having some issues, you should have some more routine every six months, getting some numbers checked. So what, what are some questions we should go in to talk to our doctor about? The first thing is just philosophy is, why are you here? So imagine if I walked into the doctor's office and the doctor says, why are you here? Well, I, want to do, I want to feel amazing. I want to have a better night of sleep. And that's what you want to tell them. What do you really want? When you walk in there, you want to tell them the top three things you want. I have high blood pressure. I want to improve my blood pressure. How do I do that? What do we need to do? That's If, if I'm having trouble with my weight, again, it's not Ozempic or Wagovi. It's just, hey, I want to improve that. And where so are we at? So a couple of things that you're doing there, you're talking in a very positive form. You're talking with what you want versus the fear. I want to, I want to avoid a heart attack. No. I noticed that there's a difference there. Yeah. So the key is, is when you go in, you want to have this positive approach. Like I want to take more action. You just said, I want to play offense. So I want to play offense with my health. That's, that's your first question. I want to play offense with my health. I want to thrive, not just survive. These are big questions that changes the philosophy right away versus coming in and what was me and everything hurts. And then, no, I want to be better. What do I need to be better now that now that, you've opened up the framework. Now you open the framework of what do I want? This is the philosophy I have. Then it's your responsibility. If you're getting, now you're opening up the can of worms, then, and you say, okay, now if they're giving you this information, now what am I going to do with that information? Am I going to take it and do something with it? Or am I just going to look at it? Everybody, I did a presentation yesterday about the movement mindset. So I had this group in and I said, 85% of people don't intentionally move. You could put it in a pill bottle, be the most prescribed medication on the planet, but why don't we move? So I said, let's get the philosophy that I want you to move your body every day for five to 10 minutes. It's not what it does for your body. It's what it does for your mind. 
it's that whole offensive approach that you want to talk to your your doctor about. Just that's my philosophy. And if you do have a, a problem, let's say my blood pressure is too high or my A1C for diabetes is getting a bit a little, then give me some tips on what do I need to do to play offense. So that's the first thing you want to do is go in there. Set, set with, the, set, set set the, the ground. Set, set the framework. What do I want? And be really specific of what you want in this visit. And it doesn't t- need to take long because, again, you got to understand the, 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 the primary care doctor, most of them only have about 12 minutes tops. So you, need, you can't go in there and go, oh, this and that. No, you need to go right in there. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. These are the things I want to accomplish today in our, in our appointment. Yeah, sometimes when you play defense, unfortunately, if, if they saw five patients before you that were in pain, struggling, family history, it's just human nature that they're going to take that same energy, that philosophy, that it just is contagious. Well, here, go, here's an go interesting story. So a really close friend of mine has AFib, and he was getting some bad information from a cardiologist and I said, well, so he talked to me, what do you need to do? I said, you need to go and talk to a, a different cardiologist. I'm not your cardiologist. You need to go see a cardiologist. So he gets this cardiologist. Unfortunately, was outside of our community. And he liked the philosophy of the cardiologist instantly as soon as he talks to him. And the do- cardiologist is asking him all the right questions. Tell me what you eat, how you work out, what your stress levels are like. He never, never was talked about that. And so the cardiologist shuts the door and said, here's what I want you to do. We're going to give you this, this, this anti-arrhythmic medication, but I only want you to be on it for three weeks, and then we're going to wean you off it. The other cardiologist that he had said that you're going to be on this medication for life, and that's where we went sideways. And he shut the door and he says, this is what I want you to do. This is what we're going to do, and we're going to reevaluate that, blah, blah, blah. And he, just, and he said, but this is not the normal conversation I have every day. Most people are not going to work out like you are. Most people are not going to eat the way they should. The list goes on. So when I leave you, I go down the path, and now I talk to all these other people. They're not going to do anything, so I need to medicate them. But you need to let that doctor know right away what you are willing to do. Again, that's why you're the most important person there, because you, right. have to, you have to take the lead. You have to take the lead. Not everyone's willing. Not everyone believes. Not everyone wants to. But yep. if you want to have a better outcome, you have to get in the game. And again, you're not the doctor, but you can also have a better conversation. And I got to tell you, most of the doctors, if you go in with that, that optimistic, that offensive mentality, you're, they're going to love that. It's a ch- completely change of pace for them. It's, I don't know why this came to my mind, but I knew this chef that worked at a golf course and every day he made hot dogs and hamburgers and outings. And I came to him and said, Hey, I need you to cook your most, your healthiest free range farm to table. The guy was so excited, so much more effort and work, but he's doing hot dogs and hamburgers all day, every day. It's not the same thing, but they do want to use all, all of their knowledge (laughs) And and I, had, I had a couple last night, and then I had a, a gentleman before. Yesterday we did training. One was virtual. One was the other couple was live. But they came in with everything. That, this is what, what this is why the energy was off the chart. And then for me, it's just okay. Here's plug and play. Here we go. You can't do the work. Can't so, do the work. So when someone's energized about the yes. work they're going to do, you're going to yes. be energized about the guidance that you yeah, give. Yeah. So them. again, you have to have the energy, that responsibility to go in there with a little, a little bit of these questions to, to play offense. And if, again, if you're new to that thinking, 
just start out with slow. And these are the things I like to accomplish in my and and we can help we can help you if you Absolutely. reach out if you feel stuck. Absolutely. So let's let's go a little bit deeper here and just give them a couple tidbits here. Here's some here's some numbers that you should know. We have about fifteen to twenty numbers that we think you should know. But w- let's start with the basics. What should people know? So number one, they need to take the Know Your Numbers handout. It's right off our website. And we're updating this. I'm going to update it in a couple of weeks because I'm going to add uric acid to it. But there's so many tests, everybody, you can take. But let's just make this so simple. So the first test you want to do is you're going to get your cholesterol profile. This is in a little bucket. So it's a little bucket here. And you want to know your cholesterol to HDL ratio. That's number one. And you want to know your triglyceride to HDL ratio. That's number two. That's your cholesterol bucket. So if your cholesterol level is tagged at 240 and your HDL is 80, you're going to get, hey, my cholesterol is too high. In reality, it's back in the balance. So the key is cholesterol to HDL ratio should be 4.5 or less for, for men, 3.5 or less for women. And triglyceride to HDL ratio ideally should be 2.0 or less. I like to see the actually 1.5. So my triglycerides are 100. My HDL is 50. That gives me 2.0. Those are two real big indicators. You can get particle sizes, you can do calcium scores, you can do all this stuff. But if you get the basics done, that's really what you need. And then from there, you go into your glucose, which is, again, diabetes. Cell function. And so when you look at the cell itself, as the cell gets healthier, your glucose gets better alignment. And then A1C measures glucose over a period of 6 to 12 weeks. So don't get all caught up if my my glucose levels are high. You want to get your A1C, and that number should be 5.6 or less. Okay. So then from there, we go into most tests that most people are not familiar with is homocysteine. You might have heard us talk about this many times. If you do not ask for this test, you will not get it. It measures oxidation. It's a risk factor for heart disease and cancer. That number ideally should be less than 13. And again, with all the diets out there today, high high. The keto diet or high-protein diet, low-carb diet, I don't eat fruit anymore. Carnivore diet. Yep, carnivore diet. That homocysteine level will go up. So that's a big deal. So when I see this right away, I already know they're not eating carbs, healthy carbs. So that's an oxidation number. The number one way to improve that is going to be greens, folate. And then from there, we go under the high, highly sensitive CRP, and that measures inflammation. And that's a really good indicator. And Ideally, you want to see that number less than one. When people have lots of inflammation, they have lots of oxidation, the risk for heart disease and cancer goes way up. That's the trifecta. Imbalanced cholesterol, high homocysteine, high highly sensitive CRP. And then from there, we go into prostate. I tell all the guys, once you hit 50, you should get it physically checked. Thyroid for both men and women, that's directly related to lack of rest. So again, we're a, we have an epidemic of that in the United States is thyroid problems. And then from there, we go down to vitamin D. We live in Michigan. It's cloudy again today. We got a big storm coming in. But just get outside, everybody, every day. Try to get outside, look up in the sky. And that's a real big reason why we promote our cod liver oil because the Ontario Living Cod Liver Oil is high in vitamin D3 because the livers are frozen on the boat. So, again, it's an easy way to get your D3 up without having to supplement. And then one of our favorite things to talk about is testosterone. And testosterone, if you've never had a check before, especially women, they, don't have, they never ask for it, but it's a great indicator if you're overtraining, overstressed, uh, lack of sleep, it's really a, an aging marker. 
And so for testosterone for women, I like to see it over 30. And for men, I like to see it over 500. So I had a guy yesterday, I was mentioning it earlier, and his testosterone level was 798. He's 56 years old. And the doctor says, are you taking anything for your testosterone levels because it's high? But the normal for testosterone for men is at 250 to 1,000. And I said to him, you have a thriving testosterone, not just a surviving testosterone. So just because it's 250 in the norm, that doesn't mean you're thriving. Again, back to if they see patient after patient after patient, and again, our norm is not, that's going to bleed over. Yeah. So again, back to the testosterone for women. I saw a woman recently and her testosterone level, and she was having problems with performance. She felt like her energy wasn't good. She felt like she was getting too much um, belly fat, it's typical for the males, and her testosterone levels were nine. She was not getting enough rest. And then we moved down. One of our th- another favorite things to talk about, we talk about EGFR, which is glomular filtration rate, and that is a kidney function. So I did a webinar yesterday on happiness is in the pursuit, and one of the questions is, and I said this, I bet I said this five times on our webinar, do we do you consume protein powder. And I said, no, we don't really recommend it because it's like a, it's an isolate. It's, it puts stress in the kidneys, which is your GFR and low uh, GFR numbers. And so I got this question during Q and A. So tell me about this protein powder thing. I'm like, get your GFR measured and you want to know that like your age. So at 37, they're going to say it's over 60, but that's, that means nothing. At 37, your GFR should probably be 110 to 120. At 66, my GFR, ideally, I don't want to keep it above 80. These are numbers you need to know and how you're thriving. So if you're not drinking enough water, you're drinking too much alcohol, you're doing too much protein powder, energy drinks, you're going to see low GFRs, and that's a kidney function you don't want. And the last thing we have in our thing is called the big three, which is blood pressure, resting heart rate, and breasts per minute. With the wearables today, many people understand that, but many people don't know what the resting heart rate is or how many breaths they take per minute or the resting blood pressure. And that has nothing to do with blood work. But again, if those three are in alignment, you're going to be in pretty good shape. So these are just some baseline numbers you need. And if you have these and they're in good shape, then we move over to the other side, which is, again, your body's talking back to you. But once you get these baseline numbers, I think you asked me this a long time ago, if you could go back in time in your 20s, what would you, what would you do? I would get a physical and I would track these numbers. In fact, I was talking to a primary care doctor in town and this woman, she said, why do you want your nephews and nieces to get these blood tests? And I said, because they're both, this was Josh and Katie and Peter. And I said, because as they age, they have these baselines the rest of their life. Sure. And she said, you know, I think that's a great idea. I'm going to start recommending that to my younger patients. So again, it's, I used to be able to do this. When did you stop? Yeah, Probably when you, when you stop. stopped paying attention to it. Yeah. So what you, what you look at is what you pay attention to. So I think this is a good idea. You don't have to. If your first blood, if your first blood measurement is in you know, your 30s and you say, well, that's just how it is. Okay. It probably wasn't when you were 21. I remember years ago when I was 55, my, my testosterone level dropped 200 points in one year. And then you said to me, Dad, you're not getting enough rest. If I didn't have that measurement, how would I know? Yeah, you felt good, looked I good. I felt good. Yeah. But again, I, wasn't, I was surviving. I wasn't thriving. And then I realized, yeah, you're right. I'm not, I'm not getting enough rest. So that's, 
that's why we want to have these numbers. Narrow and deep. If more information, yep. then you can go deeper. If you're always just on the surface, uh, it's hard to do it. So as, as we wrap this up, I think what we'll do next time is we'll talk about how to improve some of those numbers, how to work with your doctor to go through that process. But I think for today, my big takeaway <clears throat> is you got to set the stage and say, why are you here? Why do you want to go into that doctor's office? Is it just to avoid disease? The definition of health is to avoid disease and illness. That's a horrible definition to me. It's That's survival. To me, the definition of health is to be our most optimal self. We all have genetics. We all have different conditions and cards we were dealt and behaviors that we have. But I think true health is when we optimize what we have. And, and, I, and I think part of the way that you do that is it begins with you. And I think one thing to take away today is that if you wrote something down is you want to know what is your risk. Because if you don't know your risk, why are you put on a medication? If your cholesterol level is high, but all your numbers put you in balance, and you have great homocysteine, the CRP, and your big three, you're not a candidate for a cholesterol medication. So if you don't understand that, if your blood pressure is high because you walk in and you've had some crazy thing going on, of course your sympathetic nervous system is stimulated. But what if you learned how to breathe differently? Probably don't need a blood pressure medication. So I think that's the key is we want to understand what is our risk. And then from there, what am I willing to do to, to, to help with that risk? So that's really what I always try to tell everybody is let's understand your risk and then we make and make better decisions moving forward on what I should do yeah, or not do. One of the mistakes I make sometimes is I want the results probably more than the individual. That happens from time to time. And I would say for, probably for most doctors, it's even more. They, got, they see so much pain, so much illness, so much disease. It's, it, unfortunately, it, it's sick care. But the truth is the doctor can't do anything. Actual take action. They can prescribe medications, they can do surgeries. And so sometimes they feel like that's the only thing they can do. For us, sometimes it's, man, I wish I could just exercise for that person or think differently or, or breathe better. We can't, we really can't do that. And so it does begin with you. You create the team around you so you don't have to do it alone. You get data, you get information, you tweak, you adapt, you, you go down, the, down the, the path. But as we leave you here today, you're trying to get baseline information. You're trying to evaluate your risk. But if you like sports, if you don't like sports, maybe this doesn't make sense. But what we have to do with our health and our health care is play defense. But I think what's going to give you the more profound impact and allow you to thrive is when you start to play more offense. And we'll come back next week and we'll talk about how to play more offense but the first step here is setting the table, thinking a little bit differently, and creating that team to help you feel your best. Have a great week. Let us know if we if you have any questions. Info at ontarioliving.com. 21-day eat challenge. Spread it. Share it. Do it. And uh, we'll see you again next time. <laughs>